meets players who could become princes of Wales. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. semi-finals. Dan Bigger admits it wasn't their best performance in the quarter-final against France. I think we've got to count ourselves a little bit lucky today, but if you're my honest opinion, I couldn't care less. And we're, we're in a World Cup semi-final. Of course, the match-winning try was scored by Ross Moriarty. It ended up being me. It could have been any of us and it was probably the easiest try I've ever scored, but the most nervous I've ever been scoring one. So. While the success of players in the World Cup is having a big effect back in Wales, such as Whitehead in Newport, where back rower Aaron Wainwright came through. Yeah, I think it's impacted. It's sort of influenced a lot of people saying it's not too late to join and you can still progress from quite a later age rather than just a young age. Whitehead's youth player Morgan Pugsley. More reaction from Whitehead's later, but of course, we'll start out in Japan, where the dream lives on. Just. A narrow win over France at South Africa next in the Rugby World Cup semi-finals. Wales centre Hadley Parks is named in the team in a week when they had a visit from royalty in the shape of the Prince of Wales, Prince Charles. Yeah, well, it's lovely, you know. Mind you, he had a suit on, though. felt a bit sorry for him. Yeah. It wasn't quite hot out there. But, no, he's, he's a nice bloke. He's, um, he was really nice. So he's just yeah, nice of him to come along, pop along. He's got a pretty busy schedule over here, I'd say, yeah. with, uh, with what's going on. So, um, no, very cool that he came into training. Have you met any royals before? I uh, just uh, had the photo with... Prince William a couple of times yeah, okay. in, the, in the changing room, so uh, he's another lovely bloke as well. And so I think Sanjay and I had a nice photo of him after the Grand Slam, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And he gave Owen Lane his cap, didn't he? What's yeah, it's a special occasion for Owen. You know, it's nice to see him over here. Obviously, um, very gutted and sad for Josh because um, he's been a key member of the side for a long time and for the last couple of years, especially. And um, to get to the stage of the tournament and to have that happen, it's pretty gutting for him. But um, you know, for O's, it's an awesome opportunity, so it's good to have him um, come over and make his second. Did you get the impression, Prince Charles, who you, who you guys were much about? Um, did oh, he didn't did talk rugby it, at all? No, he didn't talk you know, rugby, he was just going along, he just, uh, you know, just you know, house training and do this a lot. I think he gave Foxy a little bit, um, well, Foxy was like, oh, I'm just uh, relaxing at the moment or something like that, rather than uh, training. So, but, uh, look, it's, uh, it was good. Yeah, he didn't say too much. He was just yeah, pretty genuine and pretty pretty nice of them to come in. Was there much extra security around? There was a few bit issues, to be honest with you. Was, uh, you could tell that uh, his people had been in before as well and were checking and scouting the place out. And it was like for him to come along, um, the boys really appreciated it. Hardly, you made your debut obviously against South Africa a couple of years ago. Can you remember what, what you were feeling like in the morning of that game? Yeah, very nervous. I was probably more nervous for walking down the tunnel to do the anthem more than anything else. So I've been putting in a few hours trying to learn that. Amazing occasion um, to be at Prince Place Stadium. To get the win as well was pretty cool and, and it was just to get out there and hopefully just do the right, you know, do the small things right. And, what was it like in the moments before the kickoff? Obviously, you know, in the stadium you have that countdown and they yeah, wave. Yeah, most nervous of you have been there and all we need <laughs> It was Reece Patchell, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so really how did he take you through that? Um, so uh, I recorded him doing each line by line, and then recorded him doing the whole verse, and then uh, and then learnt it that way. Yeah. How are you feeling at the moment, Adley? Obviously, you have a few bangs in this. Yeah, uh, you can probably tell the voice is uh, struggling a little bit, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. And so it's just you know, very excited about this week. Last week we were all excited, but probably a little bit disappointed with the way we played, but we still got the job done and managed to get the win. And now we're in the semi-final. It's not very often you get to play in the semi-final World Cup. You know, they only come around for every four years, and 
I think the last time was 2011 when we were in the semi-final, so it's a very special week and, and it's an exciting week, so you, you want to do all, the, all that you can to make sure you're right and ready for the game. No rugby players ever 100% fit on the football, but how, what percent would you say you are? I don't know. Oh, 99%. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sort of game that you <laughs> take yourself up, do whatever it takes, isn't it? It's yeah, look, it is, it is it, 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 you know, it's spring box. Tough, tough opposition. You know they're always up there in the top three in the world. Traditionally, done very well at the World Cups. Won two World Cups. Um, very big boys, very powerful team. Got a lot of flair. It's been. You know, this is going to be a good occasion for all of the 23 or 31, the whole squad um, and management as well for this uh, this game this weekend. Because you played out there, didn't you, briefly? I did have a year. Yeah, played out at the Kings in first year Super Rugby. So I lived in Port Elizabeth, which was uh, which was good. Yeah, I, I actually got injured though, so. I'll see the other side of South Africa a little bit. <laughs> you don't wish injuries on anyone, but I was out for about 16 weeks and I had a hell of a tan. So happy memories of South Africa. Let's hope there are some more on Sunday. Now the thoughts of Wales coach Warren Gatlin, 24 hours after the win over France. In reflection, I thought we showed some great character out there and and got the win. And so, yeah, disappointed with, with a few aspects, but then looking forward, excited about uh, the semi-final and the World Cup and and getting excited about that. So, a few uh, disappointments afterwards, but then smiles on faces about what we've achieved. Or about your personal motivation, is that your long career, the only trophy pretty much has eluded you. So, two games from picking the second. Yeah, well, I think for a number of players as well, that's the, that's the same thing. You know, I might, I've got two games left and may never ever be involved in international rugby again. So, you yeah, know, that's, that's a lot of motivation, but for a lot of players, this will be their last World Cup. For them, a lot of them sort of in their early 30s probably won't be around in, in four years' time. So they're extremely motivated to want to make the most of the opportunities and you know hopefully produce a performance on Sunday. Look, they, they pose different threats to, to different teams and then some of the other teams and so we're pretty familiar with the way that they play. They've, they've gone back to, I think it was a period a few years ago where they, where they were trying to emulate the All Blacks or Australia and trying to be a bit too expansive in the way they played. They've gone back to the strengths and their strengths are definitely that physicality up front with driving lineouts and, and a strong scrum and ball carrying and beating teams far side. And a, and a good kicking game as well. Um, so you've got to be able to handle those threats. You know, we've had some very very close encounters against them, and um, and I think Sunday will be another one. So how did outside half down bigger feel at the end of the France game? Relieved, I think is probably the right word, and the word that's being chucked around the team room and uh, and everything at the minute. Just um, I think if we if we're, if we're calling a speed a speed, we were really terrible in the first forty minutes or whatever, and. Um, the red cards obviously changed the game. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about that, and you know we probably got a little bit lucky today in terms of we managed to get a bit of a bit of momentum up front in, in terms of the, the, the set piece and the driving lineup area. So um, I think we've got to count ourselves a little bit lucky today. But if you're my honest opinion, I couldn't care less. And we're we're in a World Cup semi-final. We've played some good rugby in this tournament so far. Today wasn't that one of those days, but. I think a lot of teams maybe who wouldn't have the, quite the, the, the character, the, the desire that, that we had to just find a way 
and that's what's important. And no points for style, no bonus points at this stage of the tournament. It's about scoring more points in the opposition, and um, and that's something we did we did today just about. In Gatland's time with you guys and lots of you players have played with him for a long time. You often seem to come out of those games. How do you do it? What's the formula? Is there one? Well, I'm not, just... I'm not so much. A, I, there probably isn't a formula. I think you, what you've got is a group of guys who are who are desperate to achieve. And I've got the desire to sort of go and dig deep. We've, we've trained incredibly hard during the summer for moments like today. So um, the coaching group know that they're lucky that they've got a, a squad of players here who will, who will dig as deep as anyone in the tournament. And, um, you know, we certainly, in terms of probably the rugby, the quality of rugby you've seen in, in Boston, certainly the other two quarterfinals, we're sort of certainly below that today. But what we matched in abundance and what we probably have as much as anybody in the tournament is a desire and, and a fight not to give in. So that's something which maybe can't be trained on a training pitch and things like that so we, we're fully aware that you know to play South Africa next week we're going to have to be a lot better than we were today there's, there's no getting away from that and I'm sure that will be the, the general theme of the week but I think very relieved but obviously incredibly excited and incredibly I suppose you know happy we don't, we don't seem to do that particularly well in Wales you know we've, we've managed to reach a semi-final of a World Cup and uh, you know we're, we're frustrated with the way we've played today but we're just over the moon that in knockout rugby we've, we've managed to find a way to, to get into the semi-finals. The match winning try was scored by Ross Moriarty and now he'll be the third member of the Moriarty family to play in a World Cup semi-final after Dad Paul and Uncle Richard teamed up against New Zealand in 1987. Ross is looking forward to the occasion. It's what we've been training so hard for for however many years and this is what all the work's come down to and uh, obviously we're looking forward to playing against South Africa. When you were a young boy back in the day and sort of watching World Cups and things like that, did you ever think you'd be in a World Cup you found yourself? No, I don't think I thought that far ahead to be honest with you. It's all come quite quick. As we all know, rugby's quite a short career but it's, it's going very fast now. Obviously, we've to be able to be involved in this game on the weekend is what I've watched that I've played rugby for, even if I wasn't thinking about it. I think about it as much when I was younger, but yeah, this is uh, this is what we train for. What's the bigger challenge is this for Wales? Yeah, it's going to be a very big challenge. Uh, we've had some good results against them in the autumn internationals the last few years. We know what South Africa are capable of, and we know what we're going to have to do in training, and it's obviously our analysis work and put that in uh, on the field. For the try, how much did you sort of know about it? Because it happened so quickly, didn't it? Justin goes to the yeah. line and you just got to pick it up. Yeah, oh, I was running towards the ball and I was just thinking, no, I can't mess this up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't even want to reach out in case someone came from nowhere and kicked the ball out my hands or something, so I think I just landed on my head first and then had the ball underneath my chest to make sure that no one could come in and get it. But um, yeah, that was a uh, slow motion for myself. But you know, it was a great scrum effort from the boys, great rip from Thomas and Tips. I don't know how he didn't score it. He was basically over the line. I was like, oh no, someone's got to do it now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it ended up being me. It could have been any of us, and it was probably the easiest try I've ever scored, but the most nervous I've ever been scoring one. So, Pretty yeah. significant one as well. I mean, yeah. Won the uh, Yeah. To be honest, I haven't really thought about it as much as that. But, you know, obviously, we win this weekend. I think that, that's maybe something people will. I think it was obviously one score and try to get us into that semi. And well, your family, uh, was Moriarty in the World Cup semi-final, how does that sound and comes out here? Yeah, it's, um, it's very, very great feeling for me and my family. And my uncle, my auntie, my cousins are coming, which is 
really, really nice. And my parents, they've already been out here once and they only stayed for five days. And when we won on the weekend, I think my, my dad was watching Wasps. Uh, my brother-in-law to be, uh, he was playing and I think my dad booked it on his phone during that game. <laughs> They're coming out on Thursday and be staying until Monday, so that's, you know, makes it extra special. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Wales have lost injured back rower Josh Navidi and have called up wing Owen Lane as a replacement to balance other knocks within the squad. Defence coach Sean Edwards explained what Lane will bring to the squad. Oh, he's a great character. He's obviously a very, very good player. He's got huge potential going forward. We were very impressed with him in the summer. We've been away for quite a few weeks now and he's got some great banter as well, so he's... uh, (laughs) Sometimes you need that after you've been away from home for so long. Josh and Dean together go the other way. How much of a blow will you be certainly defensively as well? Josh has one of, been one of our go-to players over the last two years through the period we've been successful. Everyone's gutted for Josh. And obviously for myself, you know, he's one of our best defensive players. So someone's got to step up into his position. Warren said after the Uruguay game that uh, you were very happy with some of the defensive display. What did you make of the fans' performance and what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was pleased with the fact we conceded 19 points. I wasn't happy the way we conceded those 19 points. We're struggling to stop Steens on the goal line, like a lot of teams are at the moment. But what I was very pleased was is that we scored 14 points from the defence. Unbelievable rip from Thomas, which set up the last try, and obviously a big shot from Jake, which dislodged the ball, and we scored the first try. So at the moment, and it was a bit similar like that against Australia, really. You know, I think we scored 10 points from, with our defence against Australia, but we did let, allow 25, so we probably need to readdress that balance. South African attack, what are you going to have to tighten up on this week? Well, we're going to have to muscle up on the advantage line. Obviously, huge men out wide, they've got incredible speed. Probably there was a 4x100 relay race of all the teams in, in the World Cup. They were probably the, the fastest. They've got some incredible pace out wide. And uh, they've got two pretty canny halfbacks. I'm a huge fan of both those players, 9 and 10. We've had a decent record against them recently. Just like I was really against France. Nearly all the games have been one-score games anyway, so that's what's so exciting about this World Cup. You go into a game, you, you, you don't know who's going to win. World Cup semi-final week, second time you've been involved in this, in 2011. Yeah. What are these weeks like? Well, it's, it's where you want to be. Obviously, all the press gentlemen and ladies like you, you know, asking me questions and asking all the, all the coaching staff questions because it's such a huge game. But particularly intense with the fact that it's in Japan as well. It's been an exciting place to tour. We're based pretty much in Tokyo now for the rest of the competition. And let's hope that um, we put our best foot forward over the next two weeks. Sure, you said you, a few weeks ago you'd be incredibly disappointed if you didn't make mistakes. Now having made it, yeah. how strong is the determination to do something about it? Yeah. For those last three games that we played, uh, the two pool games and, and, and the quarterfinal, we sort of targeted that as a block of games. We said we had to win all those three games. And as I said, we would have been incredibly disappointed if we hadn't done. We'll obviously be on the way home now. We managed to win those games, not all smoothly, but I think that's character building as well. We're into the last bit of the competition now, and obviously, if you're not excited and motivated for this, um, you know, you're probably in the wrong game. Just looking after as well, one of the better phrases, the biggest sort of man test you can get in test rugby, just that late, so physical. Yeah, huge physical game, and uh, they're very well coached. Any team, Razi Erasmus coaches, Fantastic defensively, probably the best defensive team in the world at the moment. Statistically, they are. 
and they're going to have a strong defence and a strong kicking game. And as I said, they have got blowtorch speed on the edges. Talk a bit about Aaron Wainwright's progression. Yeah, well, he finally got in the clear the other day from a turnover. And uh, myself, Warren and all the coaching staff, we've all been saying that he's going to score a 50 metre try soon because people don't realise how fast he is. He's as fast as the backs, maybe faster than some of them. A big shot from Jake, dislodged the ball and picked the ball up and, and he's gone like the wind, hasn't he? And, Probably thought it would have happened, you know, from attacking move or something like that. But it happened, you know, from a turnover, and uh, yeah, it was great to see him. There was no one, no one going to catch him. Well, I hope it is because I feel that you know you're playing against a team like Springboks, who have huge forwards who uh, like to get over the advantage line, and it's going to be a battle royal on that advantage line because, you know, a lot of people think in defence that. You know, you miss tackles, or obviously you don't want to miss any tackles, but it's not one of the key performance indicators of whether you're going to win a game. What the biggest one is game land. Did you give up the game land? Did you not give up the game land? That is the biggest indicator of whether you win or lose the game in defence. So it's going to be a battle royal on the Adlan, as we call it, the Adlan. Sean talked about the impact of Aaron Wainwright there. Let's hear from him now at the end of the France match. Brutal game, very, very tight, uh, so pleased to come away with a win. Lots to reflect on, look back at the game and then look forward. Just talk us through the try, it kind of came out of nowhere and decent show of pace. Yeah, yeah ball popped up and um, can't really remember what, what happened, just remember sprinting towards the line and then uh, sort of an awkward awkward dive to the floor yeah. and make sure I dotted it down. Celebrations? Made it a bit special. Celebrations, yeah, so I got a sevens team back home, it's called the Stags, so just the, uh, that was all the celebrations for the and is it true that you all grow in the tash because they're on holiday or on a stag do or something? Yeah. Just explain that. So all my mates went away to Prague on a like a boys' holiday, and uh, they said like they were going to grow their moustaches. So they said if I grew mine, they, they were going to crop me into the photo just so I didn't feel like I was missing out. But uh, <laughs> I certainly don't feel like I'm missing out now being here. So yeah. 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 So you're, you're glad you're in and yeah, not in, not yeah. in Prague. Yeah, yeah. Can you just talk us through the incident with the red card? Obviously, it kind of came out of nowhere. What was your view of it? Yeah. So just in the mall. And he sort of had me by the neck to start off with and I was just trying to get the ref's attention and he's sort of pulling me back and then just the elbow come in and I'd be surprised that the ref didn't see it to start off with but thankfully the TMO pulled it up and um, it, was, it was dealt with but then fair, fair play to the boys put the pressure on afterwards and saw the game through. And you took it pretty well as well, the hit? Yeah, I haven't had a chance to see it back yet but... Um, suppose I did um, just like luckily as I said the TMO pulled it back What does it say about the team Aaron, where you didn't play that well maybe tonight you still got the job done in the end Yeah definitely um, we've been building for the past 18 months and the belief's always been there so uh, coming in at half time behind we knew we had to come out and we still had belief that we could get the job done just kept pressuring them we knew that we had to score uh, get points on the board first and we did that and just built from there so really glad to get the job done and into next week now for the semi-final Aaron is it a lesson that you know you can't afford these these starts you know Fiji wasn't particularly good again, yeah. again today and like in the Six Nations you need to sort of knock that on the edge yeah definitely F- Fiji and today we didn't start too well I think Georgia and Australia we started pretty strongly so probably try and take a bit out of that and hopefully do that next week just put today to bed and reflect on it in the coming days and take what we can out of it and what we can improve on. Are you pinching yourself a little bit? World Cup semi-final? I mean, it's pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Didn't think I'd be here a couple of years ago, so for me, it's a massive achievement and definitely for the team. As I said, we've been building something pretty special for the past 18 months, so 
to come away with a win today and look forward to the semi-finals and eyes on the final as well to hopefully come away with a trophy at the end of it would be massive How much more do you think is to come from this team because you know, arguably it wasn't the greatest overall performance today Yeah I know as, as we said it wasn't the best performance so it's exciting to see what we will be able to achieve when we do perform at our best so that's, that's something that's going to be exciting to see and just hopefully we can perform at our best next week Yeah what did Alan Jones say after he's been driving this message that you're 240 minutes from Glorious it's 160 now so what's, what's his message yeah, just about, we have 240 minutes to change the rest of our lives, I guess. It would be pretty special if we can get to the final and achieve something, create a legacy, so that's what he's been driving. Definitely at the start of the Six Nations, in our huddles, he was saying about how much it would mean to have something in the middle at the end of it, and he's just been driving that 240 minutes to make sure we come away with something at the end of the World Cup. And obviously the World Cup last stages are always tight games. How much belief do you guys have that you seem to be winning these tight games, regardless of how you're playing? Yeah, I know it shows that we can grit it out and we can get the job done even if it is not the prettiest. So I guess that's sort of a positive we can take out from today. Um, but hopefully we don't have to do that next week and we can play some pretty rugby. So we heard a bit about the seven squad there, part of the Whiteheads Club in Newport, where Aaron Wainwright turned after the Cardiff City Football Academy. Liz Jones went to the club to hear their reaction to one of their own becoming a World Cup hero. I'm Morgan Pugsley and I am uh, play for the Whiteheads Youth. So obviously, Morgan, this is where Aaron Wainwright started to play rugby for the youth team here. Yeah. Watching his progression, how has that kind of maybe changed what you think about, feel about rugby or has it reinforced what you think about rugby? Yeah, it's completely inspired all the players, to be honest. Um, I know a few of the boys at the start of the season weren't sort of too sure on staying at rugby, but then after seeing what Aaron can go through and like show that it is possible for such like a younger sort of generation to progress, it has impacted hugely on our club. And obviously he didn't start playing until a late age, so you've seen like players join your side at age 15, 16, 17 recently? Well, from the under-16s, when we first got to the youth like through summer training, we never actually had anyone new, but then... As sort of Aaron joined, and we had a few more boys join the youth, so it became a bigger squad. And yeah, I think it's impacted. It's sort of influenced a lot of people saying it's not too late to join and you can still progress from quite a later age rather than just a young age. And obviously, even if you don't go on to play professionally, then you know, youth rugby is key in terms of future senior players for the club. Uh, absolutely. It just sort of teaches you to love the game a bit more and like appreciate how good the game actually is. And starting at a youth level is you get to know boys, you get to have a good social life. There's nothing wrong with it, to be honest. It just keeps you fit and you have a good time. Yeah, is that important at this day and age? Obviously, people talk about distractions for young people, but to have like an outlet and a group of friends like this, how important is that? Oh, it's hugely important, especially with all the stress from exams and everything like that. It's sort of just a refuge to sort of release some stress and just have a good time rather than thinking about everyday life sort of thing. What are your objectives for the season? Like looking further ahead, you just want to stay together as a team? No, also like improve and um, climb the table as far as we can. Obviously play our best game we can and just play the best rugby we can to be honest. Have some of you got ambitions to go on to further up the ladder? I know a few of the boys are taken more serious than others. I know others are just there for sort of the fun and games and the socials but I know a few of the boys are focusing quite heavily on their rugby and they just want to get as best as they can, as like well as they can. And obviously you've been following Aaron's kind of 
success in the tournament closely. Will you all be here on Sunday morning following him? Uh, like, absolutely. If they get through to the finals, they'll all be down here. Everyone watching him. I think everyone's appreciated how well he's played this tournament. I know it's just an inspiration. White is completely, fully behind him. There's a lot of support there. And the message for him ahead of this weekend? Just play as you do, Aaron, and just keep going. We'll all be watching. Good luck. I'm Gwyn Lloyd. I'm the co-leader of the game management group in the Dragons region. And obviously you've had a lot to do with uh, Whiteheads here. You know, How do you chart the progress of the club over the last 10, 20 years? Well, the last 10 years in particular, we've really picked up on the minis and juniors angle and the youth side. So we've progressed from a couple of teams run by a couple of parents into 10 junior sides, a youth side and a senior side, staffed by lots and lots of volunteers. It takes lots of work, lots of effort, but lots of commitment. And that basically runs through the entire club. It's a real family environment. We're very accepting of anybody, even footballers like Aaron. I love that line. We want to give people the rugby opportunity and experiences where they get to progress and learn the game and, and stay part of it. And we've managed to do that now successively for quite a few years. We've created some internationals in Aaron and in James Benjamin with the Dragons and Wales and the 20s and the Commonwealth Games and with Scott Andrews at Cardiff now and Josh Skinner at Newport. You know, we've got quite a nice pedigree coming through here in recent history, plus the older history as well. You know, the club's about 80 years old now, but the last 10 years we've really, really taken off and it's, you know, we're up to about 270 kids playing rugby, coaches, all staffed by parents and referees and committees and it's now a massive family where you, you can't go anywhere without seeing someone from Whitehead. Yeah, and that obviously rubs off on players because they come back and take part in coaching, etc., and want to be stay part of the family. Yeah, we've got youth players who are older brothers of the under-15s players in the team that I help with. We've qualified them as coaches because they want to work in sport when they're older. They're qualified referees as well, so they, they coach the team. They're not just here as big brothers, they're here as coaches, and we, we have to remind them on that at times, you know. When training starts, that's it, they're a coach, you're not a brother anymore. and It gives us a nice circle of opportunity, you know, because some of the under-15s are starting to help out with some of the younger age groups, so it's a constant roller coaster and a conveyor belt of not just senior players for Whiteheads, but if they're better than Whiteheads are at the time, we're more than happy to go and watch them progress somewhere else. Or if they want to stay here as senior players or youth players, and if they want to help out of the club, there's always that opportunity for them to do so. And that's obviously what Aaron's done. He didn't start playing here till youth level, which is very late, but you know, obviously that nurturing kind of ethos has helped him too. Oh, massively, yeah. It's the, it's the whole approach of the club where you just we're very accepting. And we want everyone just to improve and be better than they were. So it's about performance more than results. We've got some cup winning teams, but we've got some teams that are never going to win a cup. But they come off the pitch smiling, they come to training every week, they play every week, and they're getting better and better all the time. So we've got some real standout individuals right the way throughout the age groups. We've got lots of new players that are new to rugby, never played rugby before, or they've never played club rugby. Recruitment over the last two months has, has really increased because of the World Cup and a lot of the presence around Aaron and all the, the media work around him. So he is one of the family down here. He's just part of the furniture, you know. There's no ego about him. He's down here helping with the seniors. He, he's coached with some of the junior teams as well. And nobody's really in awe of him other than the fact that 
you know, he's, he's one of us. So when he comes on the screen, on the telly, when he's playing, there's a massive cheer in the clubhouse and, and from all the houses in the estate as well, you know, because he, he's a popular boy locally, has been for a long time and he's, uh, you know, he's going to continue to do that, I think. Bodes well for the future here, but also in surrounding areas too. Oh, massively. In my role with the region, I get to see all the uh, statistics. People will tell you that grassroots rugby is dying, but for minis, juniors and youth, it really isn't. There's 23 youth teams now in the Dragons region, around 800 players. Whitehead isn't the biggest mini and junior club at all. There's bigger ones out there as well in the Dragons region and smaller ones. It doesn't matter, really. They all get supported by the game management group and by the WIU officers. So, you know, there's literally like 3,000 plus kids playing in 300 teams across the Dragons region and from under sevens to under 19s and it, it's massive. It's getting bigger all the time and it comes down to effort. Rugby clubs are changing, they're not uh, the old committee run clubs that they used to be. Lots of it is where they're adding mids and juniors and they're growing bigger and bigger and they've got to keep up the pace. What is the key to thriving club like this? Effort off the pitch not just on the pitch, it's got to be off the pitch as well. So there's got to be a social side, there's got to be organisation, there's got to be people doing the clubhouse rugby, as I like to call it, as opposed to the on-pitch rugby. You'll always get dads that want to coach. What you need to do is make sure you've got people running the committee side of things and, and making it fun. If it's all about winning, players come and go because they're not winning. And if you make it all about being part of a team and being better and better, they keep coming back. And they're not alone. Plenty of rugby clubs in Wales will be packed to the rafters on Sunday morning cheering Wales on. Obviously, so much more for next week. But until then, on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast, goodbye.